Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of Confessions of an Ex-Mormon. My name is Allie. Um, I am a 28-year-old female neurodivergent ex-Mormon, currently living in Rome, Italy. I've lived here for about six months now, and uh, I've been planning on starting this podcast for about three years. I just never got around to it. It's, it's all been a very intimidating process. I'm not very techie, but here we are. We're starting in my little apartment building in the middle of Rome, and we're going to see how this goes. So I really want my podcast to be a comfortable place for both members of the church and ex-members, people who are questioning, people who might be in the process of leaving, even people who are investigating joining the church. I want to talk about how Mormonism shaped my life, how leaving it has shaped my life. And I plan on having a wide variety of people on this podcast, whether they be, as I mentioned before, members or non-members. I also hope to have a variety of content, whether it be stories, comedians, therapists, or anything under the sun regarding Mormonism. I want this to be a place of healing and a place where we can have good conversation and debate like the adults we are. So today I wanted to share my story of Mormonism and how I decided to leave the church. I grew up in a very religious household. My parents were very active LDS and maintained that throughout my lifetime. My father was bishop for several years while I was a teenager, and I ended up serving a mission uh, later in life. I also participated in every youth camp they had, girls camp, EFY, um, oh, I forget the names of the other ones. And um, I was the leader of a few of these youth groups, Beehive President, um, I think I was in the presidency in My Maids and Laurels. For those of you who are practicing LDS or past LDS, you'll know what that means. But my story, I feel like, really sets off when I became a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I uh, was called to serve a mission in San Diego, California, where I was a visitor center missionary. I took people on tours at the Mormon Battalion Historic Site and also proselytized the same way that a regular missionary would. This mission was really what changed my perception of the LDS Church and of religion as a whole. I was 19 years old when I volunteered to be a full-time missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Just previously to when I decided to serve a mission, women had only been allowed to serve a mission if they were 21 or older and boys had to be 19. They lowered the missionary age. Boys could now go at 18 and girls could go at 19. I believe this was because too many boys were getting into trouble and then girls as well. Also, previously, the church had made it very clear that women were to be married 
um, and that was more important than going on a mission and preaching the word. And I think they realized that with society's change in um, dating culture and marriage culture and the age that was appropriate to get married nowadays, they realized women would not be getting married at 21, so might as well send them on a mission as well. So this is kind of where I feel like my issues really started. I started my mission when I was 19, as I mentioned, and I was kind of a wreck anyways. I had been on anxiety medication for many years by that point. I feel like I have suffered from what seems to be more of depression, actually, than anxiety. Additionally, I realized that I was also misdiagnosed. Now that I am an adult, I have been diagnosed with ADHD, and I definitely suffer from all of those various fun uh, side effects or effects that come from that disorder and absolutely was misdiagnosed in my youth for not having that as well. So I had decided, because I was a stubborn teenager, that if God wanted me to go anywhere in the world, I was going to go regardless of whatever problem I had, God would make it right. So I decided to stop all of my medications, which at the time was a Fexer, a very strong depression, anxiety medication. It took me like three months to get off of it completely. It's very strong. And I just kind of went off of it. And then I was on nothing. And I, I rode this wave of euphoria for a couple of months and then crashed. And um, that was my first mistake. So I decided not to be on medication while I was a missionary. I just thought that if God could work miracles in everybody else's life, he could work a miracle for me. To be fair, uh, somebody from the church headquarters did call me and advise me to continue my medication and I refused. So that part's on me. (laughs) But, um, moving along, I, began my mission in November of 2013, um, right before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was like the week that I entered the the mission field. And uh, pretty much immediately, I started struggling with an eating disorder. This started uh, actually in the MTC, which is the Missionary Training Center, where they teach you about how to teach other people about Jesus and about Mormonism. And during that time, I was having, uh, I was, I was doing a lot of like binging and uh, restriction. This continued throughout the the rest of my mission. So missions in the LDS Church during the time that I was a missionary were very much structured in a sense that they gave you something called the white handbook and it had so many rules that you had to follow and my mission in particular had a culture of exact obedience is what they called it now exact obedience is completely impossible in pretty much anything in life 
And you were made to think that if you were not exactly obedient to everything in this white handbook, plus anything that the mission president uh, made up, that you would not have the spirit of the Holy Ghost with you, and therefore you would not be able to teach these precious souls around you, and therefore it would be your fault if everyone around you did not hear the word of God and they went to hell. So it was a lot of pressure. (laughs) Not only that, but you have absolutely no control in really any aspect of your life, not when you get up in the morning, when you exercise, what time you eat, what you wear, uh, really what you're allowed to talk about, what time of the day you pray, um what time of day you can study, read, all of these things are dictated and decided for you. So eating disorders often stem from a feeling of a loss of control. Your brain just sort of hyper-focuses on something that it can control. And um, I did learn this in a Psychology 101 class back in college, so if I am wrong, feel free to correct me any therapists or psychologists out there, but that is what I recall learning. And this was absolutely the case for me. Um, pretty quickly after the mission ended, the the eating disorder really just kind of resolved itself. I still struggle a little bit to this day, but not nearly the way that I used to. However, the, the biggest frustration I had was I, at first I didn't even know I had an eating disorder. It was just this constant feeling of self-loathing, disgust, um, lots of uh, binging, and then restriction. Um, I didn't purge at that time because I knew that I I considered that a sin, (laughs) so no purging. But then I would pray and ask God to help me to not think about food. I just wanted to think about Him. I wanted to think about Jesus and about the people that I was trying to help over in California, and it never worked. Um, So that was my number one clue to, you know, the lack of God's hand in our lives. The the next big issue I had was, of course, with all the silly rules that were were given to missionaries. I feel like I'm going to have to do so many podcasts on so many different things. Um, I'll probably do an episode on the how the mission was structured and how badly it fucked me up. Um, but I, I think the, the biggest thing was the exact obedience, um, the the expectation for exact obedience, especially in my mission in particular, it was almost uh, not just a badge of honor if you were what people considered exactly obedient, but you were absolutely shunned if you did something slightly out of line and somebody saw it. There's this strange culture in Mormonism of perfectionism, and you are taught that from a young age to be perfect. Uh, Mormonism doesn't very, very, uh, they will claim that they rely on God's grace, um, but it is all about works with Mormons. And I felt that really hard. Uh, there was, you know, they would talk about repenting, but it was, it almost seemed like repentance was 
an afterthought to the works that you had to to do. So I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but you'll hear throughout the entirety of this podcast, I'm sure, stories of my my mission and that time in my life as it's had a huge impact on me. But um, we'll kind of pass over that now just to say that it was not a good experience for me. And by the time I came home, I was having some feelings of doubt already, not even so much in the doctrine of Mormonism, but more in the feelings that I felt in my heart and in my gut. It's taught to, I think, all Christians in general, not just Mormons, that the closer you are to God and Jesus, the happier you'll be. And there is this saying amongst Mormons that the mission will be the best two years of your life. It was absolutely the worst time of my life. And even having been through a divorce now, I can say it was the worst time of my life. And I could see that when I returned home from my mission, just full of these these awful lows. And I thought to myself, well you know, that's not what we teach. Perhaps, uh, perhaps I need to try another way. Maybe, maybe this isn't right. Unfortunately, my family and support system back home was all very strong in the church. And my family, as much as I love them, we have a really, uh, well, we really just have an avoidant type of family dynamic. We don't talk about the hard stuff very often. And when I tried to bring up my concerns about the church and about uh, my difficulties on my mission, I remember my father would get angry and leave the room and my mom would start to cry and it didn't feel like a safe space. And then my, my sister, you know, she was trying to be kind and tell me she remembers all the good things from my emails I would send home, which by the way, for those of you who don't know, during that time, 2013 to 15, you were only allowed to call your family twice a year for one, one and a half hours. So Christmas and Mother's Day, you could talk to your family. So I spoke to my family three times on the phone uh, in a year and a half during this awful period. So there is absolutely zero support system, very cult-like behavior. We'll get into that later. But um, yeah, she would she would tell me things like, you know, I remember you sounding so happy in your emails. And I'm like, yeah, because they told us not to tell our families about the problems we were having because it would only stress our families out. So that's great. Um, So I had, and I remember uh, eavesdropping on a conversation that my sister and mother were having one night about me after I had tried to voice some of my concerns. And I remember my mother saying that all she ever wanted in this life was her children to be um, to be like faithful members of the church. It's, it's like that's the most important thing to her. And not even that she wanted her children to be happy or successful. or And, and that was really difficult to hear because I know that she does want me to be happy and successful. She thinks that the church will bring me those things but they don't. They made and made me miserable, and so I I felt like I had to stay for a long time. I also had met and married a man 
pretty much uh, because of the church, and he was he was a good man, and we we were together for about five years. We both ended up leaving the church around the same time, and although they were for different reasons, um, we we both decided to leave, and then the marriage sort of crumbled. I think because the church was the main reason we had come together, and we realized we really didn't didn't have much in common. So my uh, <clears throat> my life sort of crumbled around me at that time that I, I, I left the church, and then about a year later, uh, my marriage crumbled. I just decided to try and get a new job. I had been in sales my whole career, but I started to transition to software sales. Absolutely hated it. It was the most money I had ever made in a job, but it was the, the worst, like so miserable. So then I decided to move to Italy. I, I looked around for jobs in some different states. I wasn't finding anything I wanted to do. I thought, you know, I've always wanted to live abroad, so we're going to give it a try. I just Googled master's degrees, like English speaking, overseas, had a few in Italy pop up. I applied for a couple. I got into one in Rome. Um, it's been really kind of a joke, honestly, the, the master's degree has been very, it's been kind of silly, but, uh, here we are. And, um, now we are starting this podcast and that's just a brief overview of my story. Uh, I feel like I have so much more to say and so much more I want to tell, but I don't know how long to keep these episodes or how detailed to get into if anyone's even going to care. Uh, I do want to go into more depth on the cult-like behaviors of missions in uh, specifically in, for Mormonism, but also the cult behaviors of Mormonism. Um, I also am planning on doing some episodes... Uh, with therapists, I have a, a new friend that I've made in the ex-Mormon community. Her name's Tiffany Rowe. If you guys have heard of her, I will have her on the show soon. We've already discussed it. A friend of mine, um, Ben, who goes by the real King Benjamin. <laughs> he's a fantastic um, ex... Oh, he's going to kill me for this. I don't think he was FLDS. It, he was... Uh, one of the branches, he grew up on a Mormon polygamist compound, so one of the offshoots of the mainstream Mormonism. I'll have him on the show as well, uh, as well as my probably my brother, and if my family does not disown me for this podcast, perhaps my sister. I sort of hope my parents never hear this podcast, but I'm sure they will. Um, just another thing that I'm going to have to get past and... Anywho, thank you so much for being here today. I hope that this has been, if not interesting, maybe also validating for some people who have had similar experiences. And I'm excited to take this journey with all of you. And I will see you soon. <laughs>